Hi everyone, welcome back to the HR Leaders Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Felicitas Lichtenberg, who's a global head of diversity and inclusion at SumUp. During the episode, Felicitas shares how SumUp linked their diversity, inclusion, and ESG strategies to support education for unemployed youth and minority groups. She also shares the biggest challenges facing diversity and inclusion in the workplace and a top piece of advice for DEI leaders entering the role for the first time. As always, before we jump into the video, make sure you hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell and follow on your favorite podcast platform. That being said, let's jump in. Felicitas, House, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Chris. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I can't believe that like the last time we spoke, it felt like like you just started in the role and now it's already been two years. How 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 you been? <laughs> oh, great, great. I know time flies. It's incredible. I still also cannot believe it. But yeah, uh, the two years here at SumUp have been great. Many more exciting uh, things uh, ahead. So very mm -hmm. looking forward to the future as well. Amazing. For, for people that may not be aware of SumUp, tell them a little bit more about the organization and also your role. Mm -hmm. So SumUp is a fintech company. Um, we are pretty much worldwide. Uh, we help a small merchants thrive, setting up their business. Uh, you might have seen those little white de white devices where you can pay contactless in mm -hmm. a coffee shop, for example. Um, so this is what we do. We uh, provide card readers, but we also help with them an online shop, online payments, QR code invoicing, and so on and so forth. We're about um, over 3,000 SumUpers now worldwide. SumUpers, um, I love it. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Team SumUp. Um, and yeah, so my role is I'm the global head of diversity inclusion at SumUp and also working on the ESG sustainability topics. Yeah. And I suppose on that point, the ESG and sustainability, that's connected very clearly with the company's mission and purpose. Um, what was the inspiration behind targeting this key demographic? You know, as an organ, there's many companies that do similar things that you do, but you have a very specific focus on this area. What was the story behind that? Yeah, so, I mean, um, what we thought at SumUp is, of course, we have diversity and it's the right thing to do. We want to um, uh, drive it further within SumUp, but also we want to have a bigger impact in our ecosystem. So looking at uh, minoritized groups, unemployed youth, mm -hmm. um, you know, entrepreneurs that, uh, you know, need help to 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 thrive. Um, so these are kind of the, the things that were behind. So if we actually then merge those, we can have a bigger impact in the society through education for minoritized groups, for unemployed youth um, in Latin America, in India, for example. Um, and so on and so forth. So I think merging those, um, the aim for, um, is to actually increase our impact in the society. Yeah, I love that because it must be really refreshing for you as a, a DI leader to come into an organization with this at its core already. I like it a lot. So it's our purpose, of course, um, mm -hmm. and then we can double down on our efforts. And what I really appreciate uh, about SumUp, of course, we are not perfect, but it's a very empowering culture and um, atmosphere. So um, you know, people trust you and you can do drive the things you want to do if you believe in them. And if you get, of course, the buy in, but it's a very empowering and refreshing uh, experience. <laughs> well, what's, what would say, what's your personal story? How did you come to becoming a DI leader? How did that, be, you know, I'm sure, you know, this role probably didn't exist when you probably, <laughs> and, and when either of us <laughs> came into the workplace. So tell me that story of how you, how you came to being in this role and in, in doing this work. Great question, Chris. And actually, um, when you asked me this question, I must reflect. I also, um, you know, not often reflect on the own journey so so much, right? So um, it's a very personal journey. I um, grew up uh, as you know mixed race uh, person in Germany. Now you know now nowadays probably everything or many countries, many cities are 
the population is very mixed race. But back then, actually, was not so much the case after the whole history. Um, so I'm half German, half Indonesian, Chinese. My father was Indonesian. Often people think my mother is Asian, right? But uh, so um, I grew up there. And when I was six, my father went back to Indonesia. And I think, you know, if I wanted to see him, I had to go there. My mom, you know, um, uh, highest respect uh, and love for my mom because she really helped us to see our father then. But we always, you know, so started to travel back and forth to Indonesia when we were very young. So I think this already, you know, played a part um, in me. So where do I belong? Being mixed race, I belong, of course, to Germany. But then I got the feedback that I don't belong, right? And mm. then being in Indonesia, it's also was a bit different. So um, I think uh, until, you know, uh, some years ago, of course, now, but not uh, super many years ago, I really reflected on my own journey and, um, yeah, on my, on my personal self. And um, then when I I did study abroad in America and France and England, um, and I was always, you know, I felt always to be in this, you know, like minoritized groups, I for some reason always put myself in those positions, probably also situations. Um, and then I, when um, I started my career actually as IT consultant, I did then did commercial marketing at a telecommunication company, and then entered by coincidence a little bit the DNI world. I think looking back now, it was always my purpose, my passion, my mission. I knew I wanted to do something like that. But back then, as you said, you know, 10, 15 years ago, this role didn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when I did, uh, when I was a commercial marketing manager, I then started to become an intercultural business trainer. So I, uh, you know, took my money, took my holidays and uh, time off to did this education. I then became an organizational change manager and also um, I did some psychology. So it's called systemic transaction analysis. Oh, wow. Two, three years. It's a complicated word. And... <laughs> um, but this really, really, I loved a lot and helped me then um, not only to find my, you know, find more, find out more about myself, but also then led me to this role, um, to the DNI role. Uh, and since then, I have been wow. in it. So what was the first role? How did you transition to that first role? Did you go from not having any experience to straight into a head of DNI role? Like, how did that work? Yes, not 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 straight to the head of one, but uh, <laughs> I was actually in commercial marketing. I was in a company. I was like, okay, that, that's it. You know, after three and a half years, three years, been there, done that. Uh, I, I need you know a change. But then this role got available, the diversity role, um, mm -hmm. uh, and um, and that's maybe also some 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 advice or maybe a thought for the listeners. Actually, um, my mentor, I kind of he was not officially my mentor, but a little bit my mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, so he knew I was, uh, you know, interested in this learning development area and culture and, um, you know, the whole diversity topic. So then he reached out to me actually and said, by the way, the role is going to um, be available. So I think you should apply for it. And for me, I was like, ah, I'm not so sure. I think, you know, I, I'm good. I, I need to take a break. I want to go to the beach, dance out, work in a little bar, <laughs> a cafe at the beach. I really, I really saw myself there. But then um, I reflected on it and I knew this is my role. I need, you know, this is completely my role. So Love I stepped up from marketing to the DNI role, first the local role um, um, for, for Germany. And then I got, uh, let's say, promoted to the global role. So my last role was um, I was the global lead for diversity inclusion at Vodafone Group. And now um, I'm the yeah, global head of diversity. Love it. No, I love asking that question. Like you said, how mm -hmm. often do we get a time to really reflect on our past and how that shaped us and our journey to where we are now? Like, honestly, when I was in, I went to a leadership retreat where I, we, we, and it was around purpose and um, leading with purpose and understanding your why. And 
I discovered from having conversations with those other leaders that I'm already living it. And, and uh, it, there was a lot of clear signs along my journey here that were very clear that I didn't even see, but others could see. They're like, Chris, can't you see when you did that? It, it, that that's what led you here. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, and I, so I realized I'm already doing it. I'm already living my purpose. And, you know, even though it's not in the same, you know, when I, when I grew up, I wanted to be an artist, right? And um, th- in many ways, that's what I do. I create content, mm-hmm. you know, it's in a different media, but I'm still mm-hmm. using my creative and my, you know, the areas that I'm really passionate around, but I'm creating in a, in a, in a different medium to deliver oh, value yeah. to the global community. And I was like, okay, so I am still using my creative muscles and it's just in a different way um, yeah. as well. And it's delivering impact in a different way. So yeah, super interesting. So like how, what are some of the ways that you're giving back to society then? I know obviously for you, the education piece for unemployment, youth, minoritized groups, super important. What are some of the things that you're doing? Yes, yeah, so we are co- um, collaborating with an NGO um, that focuses on Java full stack uh, development for unemployed youth in, um, I mean, globally, but we started off in Brazil. Now we're going to roll it out in Latin America. And actually, um, according to their data, um, 80% will find then a job afterwards. So it's Java full stack. We focus especially also on girls, right? Because we know that sure. uh, that's a big challenge. Um, we um, will ha- have and will have an even probably bigger gap because um, our how we teach people, our education system, um, yeah. That's amazing. It hasn't really been so inclusive so far, but so we look at also girls, LGBTQ+, um, and so on and so forth to, to give them a chance. But um, we also, um, yeah, what we mentioned, we work with uh, with schools and the favelas together in, in Brazil um, and some other organizations there. So to have direct impact, you know, it's, it's just a little drops, right, on a hot stone. But at least I think um, um, we, we are doing something and um, it's yeah, very purposeful, very rewarding. It's just also the right thing to do. We collaborate with um, an NGO called Dharma Life in India. We financing, uh, we're financing a tech platform and have um, reached over 4,000 kids in rural India now um, already. We want to double down our efforts there as well to uh, distribute content, right? English, math, uh, hygiene mm-hmm. um, topics and tech topics as well. So that's something on the whole education piece um, that uh, we, we are working on. Um, and also one thing I'm quite passionate about is uh, looking at different dimensions, right? So um, women and girls, of course, is one thing. LGBTQ plus is the other thing. So I'm quite uh, happy to say that um, we have about 1% transgender representation at some up 20% about um, LGBTQ plus overall. But of course, we know that some countries like um, Bulgaria, right, uh, it's not so common to to speak about this topic and the representation is not very visible yet overall mm. in the society. So what we did this year, we invited company leaders or industry leaders to join our roundtable with our co-founder. This was very powerful and, um, uh, of course, also could join a conference to speak about this in the society. So yeah, edu- educating right uh, the, the wider society, that's uh, something we are very passionate mm-hmm. about um, and uh, what can do more, even looking at our merchants, of course, who help them or offer them, right? Uh, we're not there yet, but that's the plan for love that no i love it and uh do you use for example some of those work that you do with ngos as like a pipeline for yourselves a talent pipeline Mm -hmm. so ideally yes we have already as well so one um pilot that we did um that uh the 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 people graduated this year in march i think it was we actually hired from that uh group as well um and of course we need to balance out a little bit right so um because how, how, how many 
So for us, the main thing is giving back to society, and it's great if they, you know, we can hire them and of they, course, they become like some a, of us. Additional but benefit. if not, and they go somewhere else, also great, right? So, no, I get it. Um, at least like giving back, helping them uh, thrive, no matter at sum up or outside sum up, uh, we don't really mind um, as long as they can uh, thrive, and also yeah, as long as especially people from minoritized groups from um, underprivileged background um, get some more support um, from yeah. us. Yeah, but I think regardless, you benefit, right? Because, you know, the both internally, company, people are proud to work at SumUp. They're proud to work for an organization that does that, that gives back, right? Um, and also, when, especially when people are looking at companies they want to go and work for, when they see the amazing work you're doing in these communities, again, they're like, this is aligned with my why and my purpose. And that's the type of company that I want to work for. Like, how, how are you communicating all this work internally? What's working best so uh, to be honest, at SumUp also, um, we want to be quite humble, right? So we don't want to speak about it and brag about it. Really, no, we, it's not about bragging, though. You should uh, talk no, about no, it. No, no, I know, I know, I know. It's we, great. We do speak about it, but not so much. At, uh, I think we can do better, <laughs> let's say. Okay. Uh, or also saying I, I, I haven't done a fantastic job in communicating it broadly. But I think we first want to do it. We want to increase uh, or you know have impact, and then we're happy to speak about of it. Of course. So, um, we have a global all hands, for example, where um, we speak about all projects. And also, I invited people from then, you know, India, for example, and and Brazil, the participants to speak and share more about their experience, uh, and about their benefits, and so on. But yes, I I, I agree. So, um, uh, or let's say I say we can probably communicate better um, <laughs> but you're living but, it out first right like we, we discussed before we went live you know if you don't want to do it you don't have to do it one of the things that you said about trying to you know you shouldn't have to force companies or leaders on this journey you either want to be on a journey or you don't but i love what you said about we want to actually deliver first <laughs> it, it isn't about as you said you know just communicating it talking about it it's actually the actions actions speak louder yeah. than words right we, we you've heard yeah. we've heard that saying before Yes, I 100% agree. And often, right, um, uh, sometimes I think the actions are not very authentic because, yes. you know, you communicate before, you get recognized, awarded, you know, you get all the praise. But then actually, if you look behind the scene <laughs> or the behind the curtain, then you actually you see either, yeah. you know, if it's working or not. And sometimes you don't see it because it's, it's hidden. But yeah, for us, it's, it's very important to get things done first and then speak about it and then also um, include others on our journey and also learn from others, right? So mm -hmm. we, we are also constantly learning and um, yeah, that, that is what yeah we, we like to do or want to do. And what you said exactly. So back then, you know, when I started the journey, I thought I need to convince everyone and, you know, every company needs to drive DNI, and And of course, ideally, yes. Um, but we spoke about it uh, before, Chris, right? So after, I don't know how many years have we been speaking about diversity inclusion now? And if a company, if the leadership of the company still hasn't understood or bought in, then um, I think what's just, just important, be transparent, be honest, right? Be authentic. And then the people can decide whether they they like to stay there or uh, go somewhere else. I think that is really important um, to get out of this kind of... They're trying to tick the box, right? Like they want to be like, they want to show, communicate to their, for their brand, for their customers, for their stakeholders that they are doing something, but they're just ticking a box. There's nothing really behind it. Right. Or also asking, can you please do it? No, I mean, either they, you know, they're convinced and they do it by now, or yeah. they still haven't understood it. And then maybe it's it's not um, the best company if you appreciate them. Yeah. Well, those people right? leave For anyway, yourself. right? Listen, I speak to so many chief diversity officers and employees that join those companies and they leave just as fast. 
So you, you can you can sell the dream and say everything, but when the people come in, they will very quickly realize whether that is the truth. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yes, and I think we also we all have to be honest with ourselves, right? So what are our values? What is important for us? It's you know, during a lifetime, it's important maybe for some that to earn money, right? And probably for, for everyone, but you know, maybe you, you make certain cuts, right? In terms of what is super important to you, what is not. But if if these things are really, really important to you, then you know, also take ownership, right? And look for a place where they, they celebrate it or live it, live it more. Um, mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, I, I think we also sometimes need to get out of the complaining, 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 but taking action and also responsibility, not only as leaders for uh, an organization, but also as employees, right? Um, That's true. Being employed. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. What would you say, you've been doing this for a while now in so many different companies. What would you say is uh, right now are the main challenging challenges facing diversity and inclusion in the workplace? Very good question. So I think a um, couple of things to consider here. So as BNI leader, I think endurance is, is one of the <laughs> big, um, big topics because you, of course, we need to repeat, right? You need to start from, a, from the beginning again and again, same conversations uh, over a long time, um, patience, um, and of course, you know, um, conviction and also, of course, influencing others to then buy into this if they haven't um, understood it yet, which is also possible if they have never been confronted with that topic before, right? So um, create a safe space to learn from each other, with each other. Um, and I think that is um, that that is a super important thing and also constant, yeah, a constant, let's say. I never really thought about that, to be honest, because yeah, you're right. So you've always got a new flow of organizations coming into the business, new leaders coming into the business. So that conversation needs to be constantly evolving and happening and a big part of your role to your success like you said is influencing is that something you knew going in that that would be so important that you're influencing skills yeah i mean i I think i think um i was a little bit aware of it uh but uh, it is of course to a um, broader scale right because you you do need to influence pretty much everyone (laughs) um for uh, for various parts and you know chris i think also one thing that is important to to mention is that we are all biased, of course, right? We sure. all are brought brought up in a certain way, no matter if it's if you're white, black, uh, you know, yellow or like Asian, whatever you want to call it, um, man, woman, non-binary, uh, you know, um, TQI. So we are all biased, um, and our families are all biased, and the way we brought up, and you know, no, it is again, we need to create a safe space where we can share different experiences and we are protected to make mistakes as well to some extent because we will all make mistakes i impose unfortunately microaggressions right you will do so others will do so no matter which which background so um i think it's important to be able to have a safe space to then learn from each other and um, also reflect on our own biases our own upbringing what are our drivers in life you know um, when are we okay let's say um with each other or with ourselves yeah, but it's a whole psychology topic mm-hmm. here. Now. No, no, I get it. Well, we're talking about psychology. We mentioned earlier about talking about the psychology behind okay positions. Could you mm-hmm. elaborate yeah. on that for a little bit for everyone? Because it was new for me. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, if you um, imagine like uh, four quadrants, right? And in one quadrant, then there's this, um, I'm not okay, you're not okay kind of position. Yeah, bear with me. I go, I go through it. And then, um, so no matter what we do, you know, I, I'm never... I, I never appreciate myself, but I also never appreciate you, for example. Mm-hmm. Then there's one quadrant that, um, you know, where I say, okay, I, I, I'm okay, you're okay. So I appreciate myself. I respect and appreciate you as well. That's the other quadrant. And then the third one 
and could be um, uh, I'm I'm not okay, but you're okay, for example, right? So I'm I make myself down all the time, but I admire the way you are, um, you know, and I find you very inspiring. You are the great, you know, the the way um, that I would love to be, but I'm not basically. Um, or the one where I say, no, no, I'm the good one and you're the bad one, right? <laughs> um, but sometimes, um, so I'm, I'm maybe potentially disrespectful to whatever you say, right? I don't like the way you are, but I pretend I like the way I am. It's the right way, no matter which gender I have or, you know, orientation mm -hmm. or identity. But sometimes actually below that, it's a deep um, uh, feeling of being insecure, uh, actually not feeling okay, but I'm protecting it, right? So I pretend... I'm the, the, uh, so the yeah I'm. we all do that yeah. <laughs> at certain <laughs> points right um so i think this also plays a big role right in how we communicate with each other especially if we communicate with people that are very different to us um and maybe you know we have all our lives learned oh that person is not okay or people from these backgrounds are not okay right so we need to make new um we need to learn educate ourselves also make new new experiences um, and be, reflect also right on our behaviors mm -hmm. so is that when would you use that quadrant in like in like a one-to-one -one or sort of training and managers and leaders yeah it depends so sometimes in one-on-one conversations or you know when i have a group and i feel that the conversation is not very constructive for example right or if i um um, feel that there's some lack of appreciation happening um sure so then i sometimes give them the, the idea or the concept, I put it on a on the wall mm -hmm. um, and then let them reflect on where they are at the moment. And if they, when they communicate to someone in which quadrants uh, they are or the other person might be. Yeah, that's a great way of positioning it, right? Because then you can figure out, okay, this is where we are right now, objectively, because sometimes you don't really know. You've put a label on it, right? <laughs> and then this is the kind of where, how we can now proceed. And here's some language, some questions, mm -hmm. points that we can make to progress. <laughs> the yes, conversation yes. yeah and can i just give one other example sure yeah because um last week um uh, i was in brazil and we had a session on diversity and inclusion and mental health and actually there was a very powerful story that people shared from being lgbtq plus for example you know being not accepted by one of the parents um and having suicidal thoughts even right to someone that is uh, from the black community and and that actually got abused at home by the stepfather right and um, they it was uh, I mean it was all then focusing on creating awareness that we all go through different uh, you know challenges in life some more probably right more mm -hmm. heavy than others um, but we all do to some extent and sometimes the way we behave or communicate has nothing to do with for example you know what you say to me and I react in a certain way but maybe I am protecting myself because of past experiences right so actually a leader came to me afterwards and said Fritzas uh, thank you. I mean, this was very powerful because that person was in my team back then. And I always gave the feedback. Why, why are you so close? You know, you're not very yeah. um, a team player and so on. But now, of course, I understand and uh, I'll apologize. Right. So it's just being also sensitive and aware of what I do or I say has sometimes nothing to do with how you react. Right. But it's the whole how many years of our lives that shape us and um yeah that we just need to be kind to each other mm -hmm. it's so important right because there's so many examples where you can you could someone's acting a particular way and you could take it as oh they just don't care but it's maybe a way a defense mechanism of way they're protecting themselves right like if i open up too much then i'm leaving myself vulnerable could be an example right and, and someone who's been hurt in the past from their, their, they've been vulnerable when someone's taken advantage of that okay from now on 
I'm going to protect myself by just not being vulnerable and not opening up, not letting someone get close to me. And that does affect everything in the workplace. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it transitions over similar with me, my challenge with anxiety and panic attacks and my mental health issues before I would just be quiet and, and the team would not come and speak to me because they think, Oh, Chris is in a bad mood today <laughs> so let me let me not go to chris today he's in a bad mood but it was i was just i was struggling that day i felt a bit anxious mm-hmm. a bit overwhelmed and rather than communicating that i just and it my team took it as chris doesn't care he doesn't you know he's angry today <laughs> um whereas it wasn't i was actually needed help you know i needed mm-hmm. support um as well so if you create um a, a workplace where people can have those conversations and, and be vulnerable we, we can all kind of see each other from a different viewpoint yeah, um, I love that. Thank you for sharing, Chris. I yeah. also didn't know that about you. And also, it's not about, you know, a company or leader. You know, um, of course, we're not therapists, right? And we cannot um, rescue those people or sure. you know, give them. Th- and we can listen and then uh, refer them, right? Or give them recommendation. It's okay not to be okay, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you can reach out to this, um, you know, um, therapist, for example, to get more guidance on it and so on. So just being a supporting network. Um, and yeah, yeah. Then, then of course, uh, mm-hmm. um, psychologist or so. But yeah, I think it's super important. What um, you've you've built multiple HDNI organizations in organ in businesses. What what would be your top advice for your HR colleagues who are coming into an organization and building a DNI function from scratch? What are the top say three things they need to focus their time on? Listen to people and conduct focus groups, for example, and understand the data. So that's a whole the understanding around it, right? Uh, listen to, to, to them and look at the data that you Is have. Is that poll surveys you mean? Like, what do you mean by data? It can be, um, yeah, can, can be um, surveys, can be focus groups, okay. can be um, the data that you have in your systems, looking at the female share representation, for example. Sure. We actually once a year run a DNI survey where we actually measure ethnicity, LGBTQ plus representation and so on and so forth, which of course is sensitive across the, the markets, but we managed to, to do so. Um, and uh, so the whole understanding, understand the insights, the the people, the data around it. And then I think the whole pillar of um, education, right? And, you know, among this or below this can come e-learning journey, inclusive leadership workshops, webinars around um, uh, LGBTQ+, racism at work, uh, neurodiversity, domestic violence and abuse and so on. That's what, what we did, right, throughout the year, basically. Um, um, and, um, yeah, cre- creating that. But of course, it's also then impact, right? And then leadership by and leadership support. We have um, active networks and we have leadership sponsors that, um, you know, uh, are there to listen. But also our founders and our CEOs of the of the countries, um, they they actually take time and have what we call drop in sessions for the networks to come and share their point of view. So I, I think that is something. And then, of course, clear commitments, right, that yeah. uh, we need. Um, uh, so probably these are the three. Looking back, would you, what would you have done differently? Looking back, very nice question, Chris. <laughs> I need to look back for that to think about it. <laughs> like, I don't want to remember <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> um, I think looking back, what would I have done different? I mean, let me put it two two ways, yeah, if, if it's okay. So first, in my life or in my career, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, great, and I amazing, that, right? Mm-hmm. I think looking back in my career. Um, trust myself more, like believe in myself and trust myself more. Um, it really helped me to look for a mentor, right? And have this kind of supporting network myself. Um, 
um, but also saying no. So I always thought I need to please others, you know, um, um, because yeah, of certain things that that play in my mind and uh, in my um, in myself. But I think it's okay also to leave an organization. It's okay to leave a bad manager if they are toxic or if they are not, um, you know, encouraging, not supporting. Um, I always thought I need to try hard. I need to be please others. I need to show that I can do it. Um, and I didn't know that there are different options out there, right? That this is maybe not the norm that, you know, so um, this is something I think I made bad experiences early on in my career, which also have shaped me, which of course is great to understand. Yeah. But um, I think this is what I would have done different to leave if I, you know, if I don't feel well mm-hmm. uh, under certain leadership. That's the one thing in my, or two things uh, in, in my career. In my DNI role, I think, um, also, uh, you might see I have a strong driver, please others, but I think also it's okay not to please others, right? Or it's okay if also people don't like you, or it's okay if... Um, you can't please everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay not to please anyone. Yeah. So I always thought I need to do everything for everyone, but you don't. And um, yeah, that's, I think... What I've heard that from quite a few DNI leaders. Yeah. Because you're, trying, you're really trying to please everyone, right? And trying to... It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible and also not helpful because... You know, there might be groups um, or leaders or whatever it is that uh, have the potential to drive things forward, right? But there are many or some that don't. And then sometimes those are the ones who always complain and, you know, <laughs> but you can do whatever you want to it. You will never, like... You never win them over. You will yeah. never win them. Mm-hmm. And either they get out of their vicious circle or they're not, but then leave them and focus on those that give you, you know, um, help you drive the things, have energy, have the potential to drive things. Um, and yeah, I, I, this would probably would be. And sometimes, and sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes the best result is for them to move on and that's in their best interest. And it's also for you. And that's a positive thing. Yes. You know, because the last thing you want to do is try to, you know, <laughs> constantly be trying to get them aboard. They're rejecting you. There's frustration there. And it's just not good for anyone, not for good for them, the business, their, their teams um as well and I, and I know that's an ongoing battle in your role <laughs> that, okay. ne- that never ends um listen before i let you go um what would be your sort of parting piece of advice to new di leaders that are just kind of stepping into the role for the first time and then where can people connect with you and then we'll say goodbye mm-hmm. super great question as well actually recently some people reached out to me with that question because um, they asked or they share there's an opportunity um, in the DNI field, but they feel insecure. They feel not ready for it yet. Um, they don't know how to get it or what what to do there. And my advice is, um, you know, you you're never ready, and also you're always learning. So don't um, think you have to be the perfect DNI leader. Nobody is perfect, and nobody ever will be perfect. And we are all learning. Um, just yeah, um, if you, if you really want to do it, just go for it um, and and try it out. And be patient with yourself and also with others, right? So I think that is something, yeah, we are all biased. We are all learning. Nobody is perfect. And that just, just um, follow your passion. Mm-hmm. We said before the call, didn't we, as well, it's important to also give yourself grace <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's just an important one if you're going to survive. <laughs> yes, be kind to yourself. And be and kind to, to yourself to others. Yeah. Listen, well, look, thanks so much for coming on. Um, where can people reach out? LinkedIn, is that the best place? Yes. Perfect. LinkedIn would be great. Felicitas Lichtenberg um, is, uh, yeah, you can find me under that name and looking forward to connecting to all of you. And Amazing. Thank you so much, Chris. I really, I always love 
speaking to you and thank you for having me. No, I'm super, I'm really happy for you, honestly. I remember when you first joined and we had our conversation and you had so, you know, you've come so far in just the last two years. I'm proud for, proud for you and the team. Keep up thank the amazing work cool. and um, yeah, I look forward to, to doing it again soon, but I wish you all the best. Yes, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. Thanks. Same for you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.